certainly like to welcome you to another edition of The Jazz Show on CITR-FM 101.9 or on your computer, www.citr.ca. My name's Gavin Walker, and of course we have a whole array of music to play for you this very beautiful evening in Vancouver. And uh, I will say, uh, even though I'll be telling you about that a little later, that... uh, We, summer has really kicked in, and I think we're going to have a very, very beautiful week this week. So uh, enjoy it, because sometimes it's (laughs) short-lived. You never know in Vancouver, but it looks good. Tonight, our jazz feature is one of the great voices of the alto saxophone, and one of my favorite musicians, and also was, during his lifetime, um, a good friend. And uh, we had met when I was a very young man when he came to Vancouver in the 50s and um, to the original cellar. And, of course, um, we maintained uh, a friendship over the years. And uh, Art Pepper one of the great voices of the alto saxophone. He was born in Gardena, California, September 1st, 1925, and he died in June of 1982. And Art Pepper, of course, um, many people have read his, his harrowing biography, which was written uh, in conjunction with his wife, Lori Pepper, and the biography was called Straight Life. And that was uh, a very, very frank um, biography. And uh, it certainly didn't paint a very pretty picture of Art Pepper's life from his childhood right through his adult life. And, of course, um, his uh, addiction to drugs, which uh, led to lengthy prison sentences and uh, a long uh, rehab period and long absences from the from the jazz scene, Art Pepper was never um, had a very healthy constitution, um, but of course that was uh, blighted by his uh, his addictions, his drug use, and all that kind of stuff. But amazingly enough, Art Pepper was one of the most accomplished musicians. Um, he he played the alto saxophone, of course, was his major voice. He, he played very, very good tenor saxophone as well and um, recorded on that instrument. And he also um, developed a very individual and unique voice on the clarinet. But also, Art Pepper was an amazing sight reader and a very, very accomplished musician. So he was able to play in, in big bands and do all kinds of work, and he was able to also support himself um, doing studio work. Uh, Art Pepper, of course, lived most of his life in the Los Angeles area, and uh, studio work was uh, abundant there. Uh, Movies, um, TV shows, all this kind of stuff. Uh, It could be very lucrative if you were accomplished enough, and Art could do that. Um, But, of course, his major contribution to music was his jazz playing, and that's really what his life was all about. Art Pepper was a directly emotional musician. You didn't have to work to, to get a 
feel from his playing. There are some musicians that are a little more cerebral, and you have to kind of come to them, whereas with Art Pepper, he came to you um, with his great sound on the instrument and, and just the way, the way he w- was able to express himself in, in a, a lyrical manner. His style changed over the years, of course. Um, our, there's a very great difference between Art Pepper of the 1950s where he made so many of his classic albums, uh, 1950s and early 60s. Um, And then he was uh, served a long jail sentence in the 60s, Um, came out um, and made some sporadic appearances and then went back again. Um, So, as I said, long absences. And and, um, when art emerged really in the 70s, um, he was playing very differently, and yet it was still very much Art Pepper. There was, there was, uh, you could identify him right away from his approach, but there were changes in his playing. Of course, a lot of it was um, from his personal life uh, and just uh, listening to different musicians, all this kind of stuff. Um, Art's playing evolved, and yet he was still such a great jazz player, and he never compromised his music, never. This album was recorded that we're going to be featuring, the jazz feature, uh, was recorded in September of 1976. A year earlier, he'd recorded his first album, his first comeback album. He hadn't uh, been in a recording studio at all since... uh, about 1968 was his last recordings when he um, played briefly with the big band of Buddy Rich. And then um, he suffered a, an illness and um, fell back into uh, addiction and all that kind of stuff. So he hadn't been in a recording studio uh, until um, 1975. And his first album, he uh, decided to... he. Um, was supported by the great owner of Contemporary Records, a gentleman who loved jazz and was one of the most honest record producers of of them all, Lester Koenig. And Lester was a big uh, fan of Art Peppers, loved his music, loved art, and um, asked uh, when Art Pepper was uh, beginning to play again in in 1975, um, he was on a day pass from an institution called Synanon. And Synanon is uh, uh, one of those institutions, a hard-nosed um, uh, rehab institution for, uh, for drug addicts and, and, and alcohol, um, alcoholics and all that sort of stuff, Addi- addicted people. And um, Art was on a, a, a day pass um, and, and was also allowed to uh, play some gigs in the evening as well. So he began to be heard. And, uh, of course, Lester Koenig, the, the owner of Contemporary Records, heard uh, about Art and went to hear him play and was very impressed and offered him um, a new contract for Contemporary Records and brought him into the studio to record with uh, some of his best friends from the Los Angeles area. And he made an album with Hampton Hawes, the pianist, uh, Charlie Hayden, the bassist, and Shelley Mann, the drummer. And the album was produced by Lester Koenig for Contemporary and called Living Legend. 
And uh, that album, once it was released, got all kinds of uh, praise and accolades, and Art Pepper was back. This album kind of launched a really comfortable period in Art's very convoluted life. Um, From that album, he was sponsored by uh, the Buffet Instrument Company, and uh, they gave him a whole batch of new saxophones and a clarinet and uh, offered him a job doing clinics for uh, Buffet Instruments. Uh, Later on, uh, when Buffet stopped that, uh, he um, uh, was sponsored by Selmer uh, Instruments, which makes some of the finest saxophones in the world, and he was able to do clinics for them. Not only that, he was doing gigs, and he was being heard more and more. Um, His personal life was settled. Um, He was doing very well with uh, with his drug rehabilitation, and his marriage to Lori Pepper, his, his last wife, uh, was very successful. And uh, she was able to uh, take care of his bookings and all the other stuff. So this was a, a, a fairly stable period in Art's life. And a year after the first album was released, Living Legend, he was given another opportunity to record with some musicians that he always wanted to record with. And that was made possible by the producer at Contemporary Records, Lester Koenig. And Art was able to do this album, the one we're going to hear this evening, which I think is on an even higher level than uh, Living Legend. And the people involved here, Art, of course, on alto saxophone throughout the album, George Cables on piano, David Williams on bass, and the great and I mean great, Elvin Jones on drums. So this was a kind of a dream fulfillment for Art Pepper, and he worked very hard to make this session a a success. Uh, He brought in three original compositions and um, a couple of other ones that he had fallen in love with and a standard tune uh, to play on this date. And the album was issued on Contemporary and called The Trip. The Trip is the original composition that is going to open the set, and it's kind of, um, um, I can't go into too much detail, but it's evolved, the composition evolves from his uh, prison experience. And um, to pass the time uh, when he was in San Quentin, um, a lot of the prisoners would get together, uh, kind of like a group therapy thing, and, and um, would either tell us a true story of their, of their personal lives to the other guys, uh, other inmates, or they would make up a story. And so they would take, um, it was a challenge, they would, uh, either through a fictitious story or a true story, they would take the other guys on a trip and um, everybody got a chance to, to uh, express themselves and sometimes bring out some of the deep stuff that everybody carries around. It was very interesting. So this composition um, is based on Art's experience um, in, in prison doing that, and that's the title track, and it's called The Trip, and that's the first tune that we're going to hear. The second tune is written by a great uh, underrated trumpet player, by the name of Joe Gordon, 
and he wrote the tune, tune number two, on the set, and it's called A Song for Richard. Beautiful composition. Tune number three was written by another trumpet player, a young man by the name of Woody Shaw. And, of course, Woody Shaw, we all know, great, great trumpet player. He was also a great writer, and he wrote this beautiful tune called Sweet Love of Mine, and that's tune number three. Tune number four is an Art Pepper composition dedicated to uh, the family cat uh, called Junior. <laughs> and it, so the title of the tune is Junior Cat. There you go. And then the prize of the album is this very soulful rendition of a Michel Legrand tune called The Summer Knows. Very appropriate right now. And the final tune is another Art Pepper composition called Red Car. And that's dedicated to the old streetcar system in Los Angeles where the, where the streetcars were painted red. And um, that's, what that was, uh, that's what this composition is about, the final tune on the date, Red Car. So here then, our jazz feature this evening, the great Art Pepper on alto saxophone, George Cables on piano, David Williams on bass, Elvin Jones on drums, and our jazz feature album, and we open with the composition, The Trip. Art Pepper.
Our jazz feature this evening, the music of alto saxophone master Art Pepper, a gentleman who always knew how to communicate, and uh, he certainly did on this album, that he felt was uh, an excellent representation of his own playing. As I mentioned before in the preamble, this was a done during a particularly uh, uh, stable period in Art's rather convoluted and messed up life. Um, he had just, uh, he had been about a year out of rehab. He was happily married to his uh, his uh, last wife, who was Laurie Pepper, um, the lady who collaborated with him on his uh, autobiography. And uh, he uh, was busy. Um, he was playing gigs. He was also doing uh, um, clinics for um, initially buffet instruments and then uh, Selmer instruments as well. And, of course, being well paid to do that. And uh, he loved working with, uh, with um, young student musicians and uh, getting them into, uh, into serious music and into serious saxophone playing. Um, and, of course, his wish was fulfilled by the work of one of the people who was a real backer of Art Pepper, uh, producer Lester Koenig, who ran Contemporary Records. And he loved Art, um, not only as a person, but as a, a great musician. And uh, Art's wish was to record with three of his favorite musicians on the planet. One of them, you heard, George Cables on piano. The other one, David Williams on bass, a really, really fine bass player, originally from Trinidad. And, of course, on drums, one of the greatest of all, Elvin Ray Jones, Elvin Jones. So Art Pepper got his wish, and uh, this was th his second comeback album. As I mentioned before, he hadn't re uh, been in a recording studio since 1968, and he recorded one album called Living Legend in 1975. Then this was the follow-up album, and um, Living Legend got great press. This album, to me, is even better, much better, and uh, Art Pepper felt the same way, and we heard um, all the tunes on here. I'll run them down for you. The first one we heard was the very Moorish and very exotic uh, original composition by Art called The Trip. And I mentioned the story behind that and why it was called that. Uh, the second tune was written by a, a great friend of Art, a trumpet player who died uh, really tragically in, in a fire. Um, his name, Joe Gordon. And uh, Joe recorded quite a bit before his untimely demise, but he wrote a lot of great tunes, and one of the tunes that he did write appealed to Art Pepper, and that was tune number two, written by Joe Gordon called A Song for Richard. Art wanted a little uh, contrast in the music, and he wanted something with a bossa nova feel, and Woody Shaw's composition called Sweet Love of Mine was the perfect tune. And Art fell in love with the tune, and of course that was tune number three, Sweet Love of Mine, written by Woody Shaw. The next tune, tune number four, is a blues, and dedicated to uh, 
Art and Lori's pet cat called Junior. And so that's the title track, or the title of the tune was Junior Cat. The ballad of the set came next. And, of course, the beautifully haunting, mysterious-sounding Michel Legrand composition, The Summer Knows. And that's one of the high points of this album. The final tune was um, a tune written for the the old red streetcar, or streetcars that used to run around Los Angeles before they tore them all up. And um, that was known as the Red Car. And so that was the title of the last tune that Art um, wrote just um, about an hour before uh, heading to the recording studio to do this album. And, of course, um, it came off beautifully. And that was the final tune, Red Car. Art Pepper with on alto saxophone with George Cables on piano, David Williams on bass, and Elvin Jones on drums. We heard the jazz feature this evening. Art Pepper's great album called The Trip, recorded in September of 1976 in Los Angeles. Hope you enjoyed it. You are listening to The Jazz Show on CITR FM 101.9 or on your computer, www.citr.ca. And we shall be back with some more music in a very few moments. We have some announcements to make, and here's one of them. Hi, you're listening to CITR. My name is Paula, and this is Pride Facts. I have some info on same-sex marriage around the world. There are 200 countries in the world, and as of 2016, only 23 have legally recognized same-sex marriage. The first country to introduce equal marriage was the Netherlands in 2000. Ten years later was Argentina, followed by Uruguay and Brazil in 2013, and Colombia in 2016. In Europe, same-sex marriage legislation varies from country to country. Denmark was the first country in the world to give legal recognition to same-sex couples in the form of domestic partnerships in 1989. Ireland, formerly known as one of the most conservative and religious countries in Europe, voted for the legalization of same-sex marriage through a public referendum in 2015. Same-sex marriage remains illegal in most Eastern European countries and they don't recognize same-sex civil unions. Canada passed the Civil Marriage Act recognizing equal marriage nationwide in 2005. The trend towards equal marriage legislation since the year 2000 is cause for much optimism. However, same-sex marriage is still illegal in most of the world, so the fight for marriage equality continues. Happy Pride, everyone. about bikes. Everything? Perfect. Nothing at all? Even better. At the UBC Bike Kitchen, you can use our space and tools to do your own bike maintenance, get one-on-one instruction on how to fix your bike yourself, or drop your bike off for us to repair. You can also buy a fully refurbished, guaranteed used bicycle, or a variety of new and used parts and accessories. The Bike Kitchen is UBC's non-profit, student-owned, full-service bike shop. We're located in the basement of the Student Union Building. Just look for the stairwell on the north side of the sub across from Gage Towers, or search for the UBC Bike Kitchen on Facebook. Stop by the Bike Kitchen, and then get riding.
yeah, I told you we had some good news about the weather. Yeah, and the weather is uh, really here. I think summer has really kicked in. Tonight uh, is a few clouds with a low, a very comfortable low of 17. Tomorrow is going to be mainly sunny with a low of 17 and highs between 22 and 27. Then for Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, it's going to be sunny all of those days with uh, lows between 17 and 18 and highs between 25 and 30. It's going to be beautiful. Sunday is a mix of sun and clouds, slightly cooler temperatures with a low of 15 and a high of 21. But that is the forecast for the rest of the week, and it's, of course, we're getting into a long weekend as well. So keep your fingers crossed that it's going to continue throughout the holiday weekend. So there you go. In a word, summer is here. Music is here in the person of Hammond organist John Patton. And uh, this is an interesting album. came out on Blue Note Records. It's not a very well-known album. And it features a guy on tenor saxophone by the name of Harold Alexander. Now, I don't know very much about him. Um, he um, played briefly with Elvin Jones after Joe Farrell left. Um, Elvin had a, a trio with uh, Jimmy Garrison and himself and, uh, um, and Joe Farrell. And then Joe Farrell left to do other things. And Harold Alexander came in briefly. And other than that, I don't know very much about Harold Alexander um, other than this album where he plays tenor saxophone. The drummer is a very fine and lesser-known New York drummer who is um, always on call, always ready to play. Didn't record very much, but a good drummer all the same. Hugh Walker. No relation to me, but um, an excellent drummer. So we have Big John Patton on the Hammond organ, Harold Alexander on tenor saxophone, and Hugh Walker on drums. And this is a composition by John Patton entitled Congo Chant. Check it out. Thank you. 
one of the greats of the Hammond organ, Big John Patton. And uh, he was heard here with Harold Alexander on tenor saxophone and Hugh Walker on drums. We heard two tunes. The first one was entitled Congo Chant, uh, written by John Patton. And the second tune was uh, uh, an arrangement of uh, Sonny Rollins' composition called Alfie's Theme. And, of course, the original movie Alfie had Sonny Rollins' uh, soundtrack in the movie, along with, um, of course, the, uh, the famous uh, song. Uh, which was not written by Sonny Rollins, but uh, that's okay. Sonny did the um, did the soundtrack for that whole movie, and of course it was uh, Michael Caine's uh, one of his first great movies, Alfie, the original version. Yeah. So I hope you enjoyed those uh, two selections from this uh, Blue Note album by John Patton called Understanding, Congo Chant, and Alfie's theme. Now, here's a classic. This one is from 1966, Miles Davis. And this is, of course, a wonderful album by the second great quintet. And it's considered one of the, um, one of the high points of uh, Miles Davis's recorded career for uh, Columbia Records. Miles, of course, on trumpet, Wayne Shorter on tenor saxophone, Herbie Hancock on piano, Ron Carter on bass, and some amazing drumming by Tony Williams. The three tunes we're going to hear actually occupy, on the original LP, they occupy uh, side one of, um, of the LP. And the first tune is a Wayne Shorter composition. And uh, it's incredible, the, the rhythmic pulse on this tune and just the feel of this band. It was really, really, really came together on this record. The first tune, Wayne Shorter's composition, Orbits. The second tune is a ballad, and it's a Miles Davis creation called Circle. And tune number three is perhaps Wayne Shorter's most famous compositions, Footprints. And, uh, well, that's all I have to say. Sit back and enjoy this one.
We heard three tunes from a very famous album by Miles Davis called Miles Smiles. It was recorded in 1966 with the second great quintet. And uh, I hadn't listened to that music for a long time. And of course, I listened to it um, almost every day when... Uh, when this album came out, because uh, we all listened to the latest Miles Davis album. As soon as we got it in our hands, we played it and replayed it and played it and played it. And um, I have, it's been years since I've actually listened to this album, just realized the uh, absolute greatness of um, the music on this album. And, and what a band. Beautifully recorded, too, by Columbia Records, and we heard three tunes. Um, of course, Miles on trumpet, Wayne Shorter on tenor saxophone, Herbie Hancock on piano, Ron Carter on bass, and Tony Williams on drums. And the chemistry in that group, absolutely incredible. First tune was uh, written by Wayne Shorter called Orbits. And the second tune was um, created by Miles Davis. It's his composition called Circle. And, of course, tune number three is Wayne Shorter's most famous composition, Footprints. The Miles Davis Second Great Quintet from the album Miles Smiles. As I mentioned before, if you had the original LP, that was side one of the original LP record. All right, hope you enjoyed that, and uh, we shall return. We'd just like to tell you that you are listening to CITR Broadcasting right out here at uh, University of British Columbia on unceded Musqueam territory. And, of course, we're on your FM dial at 101.9. And, of course, you can listen to us on your computer, as a lot of people do, citr.ca. My name's Gavin Walker, and this is The Jazz Show, and we shall be back in a few moments, right after these important messages. Here's one of them. Discorder, that free magazine from CITR, has been documenting the best in music, arts, and culture since 1983. Let's see what one man of prestige has to say about Discorder. What up, though? This is Big Snoop Dogg, and I fucks with Discorder magazine. How about that? <laughs> Smoke beef every day. Pick up a copy around Vancouver or fuck with Discorder online at discorder.ca. All right, there you go, and uh, we're back. We're going to uh, take you back to 1964, to the uh, Monterey Jazz Festival. Now, yesterday was the birthday of a very good friend of mine and one of the great living legends of the alto saxophone. I'm talking about Charles McPherson. He's now 77 years old. And uh, he was born on 
June, on July 24th, 1939, in Joplin, Missouri, but raised in Detroit. And Charles is still going strong. Um, he's very, very active, lives in San Diego with his beautiful family, but uh, is performing uh, this week in New York City at uh, Dizzy's Club Coca-Cola and uh, recording, uh, doing clinics, uh, teaching, uh, very, very busy, very healthy, and still plays beautifully. One of the highlights to me, and this is uh, kind of a tribute to Charles MacPherson, um, he was, of course, a huge part of many editions of Charles Mingus's Jazz Workshop. And um, Charles began playing with Mingus in uh, 1961. And uh, I first met him uh, when he came here to Vancouver um, with Charles Mingus to the original cellar. And um, Charles MacPherson was part of that uh, incredible aggregation. They even delivered a concert out here at UBC at the uh, old auditorium as well, a noon hour concert. And uh, Charles and I maintained our friendship over the years. And um, his performance here at the Monterey Jazz Festival, which took place September 20th, 1964, and I was privileged to be there and hear this incredible, the whole concert by Charles Mingus. But we're going to hear one piece in particular. And this was a specialty of Mingus's jazz workshop at the time, which included Charles MacPherson on alto saxophone, Lonnie Hillier on trumpet, Jackie Byard on piano, Charles Mingus, of course, on bass, and Danny Richmond on drums. And this, to me, was one of the highlights of this uh, absolutely momentous Charles Mingus concert. Uh, this was his, actually, uh, although Mingus was uh, raised in Los Angeles, this was, this was the first time he had played at the Monterey Jazz Festival. And this concert was written up in Time magazine. It was one of Mingus's triumphs. And... Um, as I said, it was a privilege for me to be there and, and hear this music live when it was happening. Fortunately, it was recorded, and we're going to hear this piece of music. Mingus uh, introduces it, and uh, the title of the, the piece is Orange Was the Color of Her Dress, Then Blue Silk. And um, Mingus is going to talk a little bit. They had just finished playing um, Duke Ellington medley, and uh, one of my other best friends in the world was uh, saxophonist John Handy, and he was a part of that Ellington medley. So Mingus talks about that and then introduces this piece of music that we're going to hear, just to uh, give you a little perspective on it. So we hear the voice of Charles Mingus, and then we hear the music. And I feel that this is one of Charles uh, MacPherson's <laughs> We're talking about a lot of Charles here. Uh, Charles MacPherson's finest alto saxophone solos. To this day, it's it's such a beautiful solo, and I, I, I'm playing this as a tribute, a birthday tribute to my friend Charles MacPherson. So listen up. At this point. 
because uh, if there is a recording, then it might all go to Duke Ellington, which is about do him. I've stolen enough. Uh, the people involved are Charles McPherson, alto saxophone, Lonnie Healy, a trumpet, and John Handy, who used to play with us, but joined us just yesterday because my saxophone player, Booker Irvin, is in the hospital. Danny Richmond, drums, did I say that? And Jackie Byer, piano. to do more with John, maybe uh, later, but the things I would like to do now, he doesn't know what he couldn't learn in one day. No one could. Not even me. <laughs> okay, love to you and your family. And uh, would you ask your wife to return those pearls and things that fell on the floor to the young lady? I think she's still around. I like babies. This composition is titled Orange Was the Color of Her Dress, Then Blue Silk.
Charles McPherson, alto saxophone, Ronnie Hillier, trumpet, Danny Richmond, drums, and Jackie Byard, piano. We all wish to say thank you. We're back with more people and more musicians. The voice of Charles Mingus reintroducing the band and of course the piece of music was heard we heard was orange was the color of her dress then blue silk one of the highlights of Mingus's appearance at the Monterey Jazz Festival September 20th 1964 and that was the jazz workshop and uh, Charles McPherson on alto saxophone, of course, Lonnie Hillier on trumpet, Jackie Byard on piano, Charles Mingus on bass, and Danny Richmond on drums. And this was a tribute, um, a birthday tribute, because yesterday was his 77th birthday, the birthday of Charles McPherson, the alto saxophonist on there, and one of his finest uh, moments uh, still is, as far as I'm concerned. I, I brought that up to him, and he said, yeah, that was pretty good. <laughs> but uh, he played so beautifully, and uh, uh, everybody was just uh, stunned with his uh, gorgeous sound that he um, plays with. And, of course, he's still playing as beautifully today at 77 years old. So uh, Charles McPherson, one of the great uh, survivors of jazz, and he's happily productive and doing what he's doing. So, belated, uh, well, one day late, happy birthday to uh, Charles McPherson. Hope you enjoyed that piece of music from the Monterey Festival. We'll be back in a very few moments with some live music by um, Bill Evans, great uh, pianist. Um, you are listening, of course, to The Jazz Show on CITR FM 101.9 or on your computer, www.citr.ca. My name's Gavin Walker. A couple of great websites to get onto is the, uh, are the websites of the, first of all, the Coastal Jazz and Blues Society. They have a, a really fine, comprehensive website, which they keep up to date, and you can get all the latest happenings. Uh, in jazz music around Vancouver pertaining to uh, their own gigs and, of course, uh, the schedule at Frankie's, of course, the, um, which is one of the jewels of uh, the jazz scene in Vancouver now, Frankie's Jazz Club down on Beatty Street. And uh, if you've never been there, you better check it out. It's really, really nice, nice uh, good sound, great atmosphere, wonderful staff and uh, great music. And most of the uh, music is produced by um, and choreographed by Corey Weeds, of course, who uh, had 13 or so years of experience running a, a jazz club in Vancouver. And, of course, uh, he's a wonderful musician in his own right as well. So he um, puts together a lot of the music that is presented at Frankie's. You'll see the uh, schedule on the... Uh, website of the Coastal Jazz and Blues Society, so it's a good one to observe, and that's coastaljazz.ca. The other very fine website is one called vancouverjazz.com, and uh, my good friend Brian Nation keeps that uh, website happening, and uh, there's always new stuff on there and old stuff to look at and um, comments and 
all sorts of links on that website as well, and that's VancouverJazz.com. One more uh, brief thing uh, I'd like to tell you about is anybody that uh, wants to take lessons. There you go. I know a very, very good teacher who will come to your house and actually teach you how to play the saxophone or the clarinet or the flute. And uh, he is a marvelous musician in his own right. And he has his own business called Music at Home. And his name is Ken Speller. Ken also is a master repair man. And he uh, repairs, of course, musical instruments, saxophones, flutes, clarinets. And they always need upkeep, just like a car. Um, things bust and the instrument sounds terrible and you think it's you and it's not you, it's the instrument. When the instrument's in great shape and you don't sound good, then you know it's you. See what I mean? So your instrument is, should be first um, to be kept in good shape and then you can, <laughs> then you're better able to assess your own playing if you know that the instrument is faultless then you know any faults are you, and you got to practice. But that's okay. Um, Ken is a marvelous uh, uh, musical repair uh, person, and he can be reached uh, at his this telephone number, which is uh, 778-800-1933. That's 778-800-1933. Or... You can reach him uh, via email, which is kspeller, K-S-P-E-L-L-E-R, underscore 14 at yahoo.ca, kspeller, underscore 14 at yahoo.ca. And uh, Ken lives in the um, Metrotown area of Burnaby, so uh, he's easily reached if you have to uh, take an instrument over there to have him assess and look at and all that kind of stuff. So uh, good man to know. All right, uh, we'll be right back after these messages and with the music of pianist Bill Evans. Hi, you're listening to CITR. My name is Paula, and this is Pride Facts. I'm talking about legislative discrimination against LGBTQ plus people around the world. 73 countries criminalize same-sex activity through legislation. The terminology in the corresponding laws ranges from indecency, buggery, and immorality to against nature. Penalties can be as severe as life imprisonment. So-called propaganda and morality laws that target freedom of expression related to sexual orientation apply to 17 states. The most striking fact might be that in 10 countries around the world, homosexuality carries the death penalty. In contrast, 76 countries and 85 entities have anti-discriminatory laws that protect people of any sexual orientation. All this information is derived from a paper called State-Sponsored Homophobia 2016, a world survey of sexual orientation laws, criminalization, protection, and recognition. Get educated. Happy Pride, everyone. You're listening to CITR 101.9, broadcasting from UBC's Point Grey campus, located on the traditional, unceded, Coast Salish territory of the Hunkaminam-speaking Musqueam people.
Bill Evans, of course, one of the all-time great jazz pianists. These are um, interesting recordings because they're actually um, not professionally done, but the sound quality is not bad. And um, it's called, uh, it's from a whole series, uh, a box set called Bill Evans' The Secret Sessions. And uh, these were recorded by a fan and over various times and various trios that Bill Evans had over the years. And, of course, one of his favorite drummers is the drummer on this, these three tunes that we're going to hear. The drummer is one of the greatest, Philly Joe Jones. Philly Joe and Bill were very close, and uh, close friends, and they loved playing together. Philly Joe's energy gave Bill um, lots of stuff to play on. And the bassist on here is one of the finest ever, Eddie Gomez. So Bill Evans on piano, Eddie Gomez on bass, and Philly Joe Jones on drums. We're going to hear three tunes. The first one is a Miles Davis composition called Nardis, and then we're going to move to a Bill Evans composition called Time Remembered, and then a standard tune, You and the Night and the Music. And, uh, well, this is a magnificent trio, so sit back and enjoy.
some very exuberant Bill Evans with, of course, his favorite drummer, the magnificent Philly Joe Jones. And uh, this was uh, all this stuff was recorded at the uh, Village Vanguard in uh, 1967, and it's from a, a box set called The Secret Sessions. And these are um, not professionally done recordings in, in terms of sound, but not bad, and a little overbalanced sometimes, but um, still some uh, great Bill Evans and some great Philly Joe Jones and Eddie Gomez is the bassist with this uh, very special Bill Evans trio. We heard three tunes, beginning with Miles Davis's composition, Nardis. We slowed things down with a Bill Evans composition called Time Remembered, and then we sped things up again with uh, a version of You and the Night and the Music, a great standard tune. Bill Evans and the trio. Bill Evans piano, Eddie Gomez bass, Philly Joe Jones drums. We're going to turn now to a live concert at the uh, Olympia in Paris, May 13th, 1961, with my favorite and Blakey's favorite edition of the Jazz Messengers. It's very funny because um, if critics and people asked Art Blakey what his favorite uh, edition of The Messengers was, he, he would simply look at them and say, all of them. But uh, I cornered Blakey one night um, and just asked him, I said, I know this is a silly question, but... Um, do you have a favorite uh, edition of the Jazz Messengers? And he, he looked at me kind of funny and said, well, um, you take it from here, but I especially like the one with Lee Morgan, Wayne Shorter, Bobby Timmons, Jimmy Merritt, and myself. And uh, then he changed the subject. So I knew exactly what he was talking about. This is his favorite edition of this band. And of course, we're going to hear Lee Morgan on trumpet, Wayne Shorter on tenor saxophone, once again, Bobby Timmons at the piano, Jimmy Merritt on bass, and of course, the great Art Blakey on drums. This is a Bobby Timmons composition called That There. <laughs> Thank you. 
for a wildly enthusiastic audience in Paris. And, of course, that was a particularly hot night for Art Blakey and his jazz messengers. May the 13th, 1961, at the Olympia, the Teatro Olympia in Paris. And we heard, of course, Wayne Shorter on tenor saxophone blowing his saxophone apart on some of those uh, passages. Unbelievable. Lee Morgan on trumpet, Bobby Timmons at the piano, Jimmy Merritt on bass, and, of course, the great Art Blakey on drums. We heard two compositions by Bobby Timmons. The first one was called Dat Dare, and the second tune was called So Tired. Mm-hmm. Art Blakey and his jazz messengers. We'll have to do a feature on that whole concert sometime because uh, that was a particularly... Um, inspired night for the Jazz Messengers, that particular edition. We're going to uh, slow things down a bit to take you home. Our last selection this evening will be played by guitarist Kenny Burrell, but I would like to tell you that the Jazz feature next week is a wonderful album by John Coltrane. And it's an album that's really loved by a lot of people. The album is called Olay, and it features um, not only Coltrane's classic quartet, but some additional musicians uh, within the quartet. Um, Freddie Hubbard on trumpet, and Eric Dolphy on flute and alto saxophone, plus another bassist. So... Two bass players, Elvin Jones on drums, McCoy Tyner at the piano, and, of course, Mr. Coltrane, Mr. Dolphy, and Mr. Hubbard on tenor saxophone or soprano saxophone. Eric Dolphy, of course, on the flute and alto saxophone, and Freddie Hubbard on the trumpet. And uh, they all came together for this uh, wonderful album that was issued on Atlantic Records called Olay, and that's going to be the jazz feature next week. All right. Meanwhile, to take us home is a piece of music by guitarist Kenny Burrell. It's the title track from a prestige album called Soul Call, and it features Kenny on guitar, Kenny Burrell on guitar, and Detroit pianist Will Davis, who... um, didn't get out of Detroit very often to uh, record, but he was uh, a legend in, uh, in the Motor City. Wonderful piano player, Will Davis. On bass, Martin Rivera. On drums, Bill English. On conga drums, the great Ray Barreto. And here is the, the title track from this album, and it's our going-home piece of music tonight, Soul Call. Kenny Dor- uh, Kenny Dorham, Kenny Burrell on guitar.
taking us home tonight in fine style, guitarist Kenny Burrell, a living legend. Yeah, he's still with us. Kenny Burrell on guitar with Will Davis on piano, Martin Rivera on bass, Bill English on drums, and Ray Barreto on conga drums. And that was the title track from a Kenny Burrell prestige album called Soul Call. And, of course, that was his own composition. Kenny Burrell. So next week, our jazz feature is the music of John Coltrane from his famous Atlantic album called Olay. And uh, that's going to open our show next week. I'd like to thank you very much for being out there. Uh, Those of you that uh, stayed with us for the whole show, great. Those of you that came in and left, that's cool too. Uh, Anytime, any years, we appreciate them. And we hope you appreciate us as well. So thank you very much for listening to The Jazz Show on CITR-FM. 101.9, or on your computer, www.citr.ca. My name's Gavin Walker, and we'll see you in seven days' time. We start at 9 p.m. every Monday right here at CITR. Take care. Enjoy the sunshine. It's going to be beautiful all week. Bye-bye. Do but do